The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's readings, uh, if you want to call them that, are from my three Stoic medallions. I have been mentioning these in passing over the last few episodes, uh, but I've never actually talked <coughs> about uh, what why I bought them and uh, and what my medallion experiment is that I am currently engaging in. So I thought we would do that today. So first of all, let's just give some uh, factual information. So these are medallions that I purchased from the Daily Stoic store, uh, and I'll put the, the link in the show notes. Each medallion is a little over one and a half inches in diameter. Uh, it's technically one and nine sixteenths inches. Uh, it each one is 2.778 millimeters thick and 26, and they weigh 26.2 grams. Um, and I'm going to read this description from the website to um, to talk about what the the one you know what, what the idea behind it is from their perspective. So it says each coin is handcrafted in the United States by a custom mint operating in Minnesota since 1882. The same mint where the iconic Alcoholics Anonymous anniversary medallions were created in 1973 by Bill Westman, an employee. Westman wanted to create something to leave with people he interacted with in recovery groups and to mark their achievements in sobriety, to remind them of the messages of AA and help keep them on their road to recovery. Westman's advice was, quote, carry this in your pocket or purse, and when the temptation is great, reach into your pocket and feel the medallion and remember your struggle to get this far, end quote. So, so the idea behind this was, um, you know, I one of the reasons why I made this podcast in general is so that instead of just you know, dabbling in stoicism and learning it, uh, the idea was these principles only work insofar as they are on your mind. And so making a daily podcast has definitely helped keep these on my mind. But I wanted to know, is there something else that I could do to, to you know, to make even better reminders? Um, and I actually was uh, associating to this Pusuk in Mishle, which is not to be understood literally. It's describing the... Uh, this is in uh, so in in one eight it says Shema uh, uh, wait is it Shema I think so right listen my son I, I should have looked this up um, just give me one second uh, why does that not sound right one yeah that is right Shema listen my son to the discipline of your father and do not ab- abandon the teaching of your mother and then the pasuk afterwards says ki livias mm-hmm. for they will be a uh, kind of a, it's hard to translate this a wreath of grace uh, on your head uh, and a necklace around your your neck um, so it it's it, it associates remembering teachings of Musser with with ornaments, with jewelry. Um, now, I don't wear ornaments or jewelry. I guess maybe my cheap Timex watch. Yeah, if they made a stoic watch, I would wear it. But uh, but I don't wear any other sort of, uh, you know, adornments. But um, I do have pockets, and in pockets can go coins. And what I used to do, you know, people have these, like, little uh, fidgety habits. And I don't know what happened, but I used to be a coin flipper and a coin like manipulator. Um, I even did this, I, I did this throughout yeshiva um, for my later years. And I even did this in my first years of teaching. I don't know what happened. Maybe I just stopped carrying coins. Uh, but but reaching into my pocket to feel a coin uh, is something that I uh, that comes natural to me. And I thought to myself, you know, I saw this coin of the obstacle is the way. 
and uh, I decided to buy it and thought to myself, well, maybe if I have this this tangible reminder and I'm constantly handling it, uh, then that will cause me to remember the idea and to be more likely to incorporate it into my life. So I um, I bought that one medallion, and then I realized that there were two others that I wanted to buy, which I'll talk about. And uh, there is a fourth that I am specifically not buying. Uh, I mean, there's several that I'm not buying, but there's a fourth that I would like to buy, but I'm not buying. So what I thought we would do is, um, oh, and one more thing also is um, part of the experiments uh, in mindfulness for this summer have been... Uh, um, getting more in touch with, uh, with bodily sensations. And so, uh, anything I can add to that mix, you know, tactile sensation, uh, and associating the tactile sensation with ideas, uh, that that's going to go, uh, hopefully a long way in, in, in that, in that zone. So, um, uh, yeah. So anyway, onto the coins. And what I'm going to do is for each of these coins, I'm going to read the inscription on the front, the inscription on the back. Then I'm going to read the passage from the the stoic writings where this is derived from sometimes it's more than one passage uh and then I, I you know i was going to like go into statements from judaism on each of these things and then i realized that's just opening the doors too wide and i'll just end up talking ad infinitum so i'll bring one quotation from the writings of shlomo Hamelech and one from chazal okay and again this is not an in-depth exploration this is a more bacchus in stoicism so the first coin uh says uh, on the front premeditatio malorum uh, which means the premeditation of evils. And on the back, it says, all the terms of our human lot should be before our eyes. Exile, war, torture, shipwreck. So this is uh, a paraphrasing of a quotation from Seneca. Seneca says, uh, and I don't actually have the specific citation, I just pulled this from the website. Um, what is quite unlooked for is more crushing in its effect, and unexpectedness adds to the weight of a disaster. This is a reason for ensuring that nothing ever takes us by surprise. We should project our thoughts ahead of us at every turn and have in mind every possible eventuality instead of only the usual course of events. Rehearse them in your mind, exile, torture, war, shipwreck, all the terms of our human lot should be before our eyes. Okay, so uh, that's what Seneca says. And uh, the idea, I mean, there are many ideas, and we did talk about this earlier, uh, I think in my Tishabab episode, that uh, rather than assuming everything is going to work in your favor, uh, or rather than assuming that only the usual stuff happens, you do need to mentally prepare for for the unexpected and for the worst. And to the extent that you mentally prepare for it, then when it happens, as it as it will at some point, then you will have prepared for it emotionally and intellectually. Uh, obviously, this is all of Michelet. I mean, you know, uh, I guess the Pasuk that expresses it in, in uh, you know, I don't know, clearest terms. Uh, first Pasuk that came to my mind is, Ashrei Adam Mefached Tamid, Umakshe Libo Yipol Bara'a. This is Michelet 2814. Uh, happy slash praiseworthy is the man who, who, who fears constantly, but one who hardens his heart will fall into harm. Uh, and that's the idea that, again, it doesn't mean when it says you fear constantly, it doesn't mean that you're sitting there cowering uh, in, in like a neurotic way, uh, but it means that you are constantly apprehensive about what could happen uh, because you know that that anything can happen. Um, and uh, the statement that most captures this in Chazal is the well-known Ezehu Chacham Haro Esanolad, who is wise, one who sees the outcome, one who sees the 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 uh, you know the consequences of of his actions, one who sees the outcome of, of other people's actions. So that's this is basic Mishlei, okay? And I I bought this coin because this is one that I, the the teaching I've worked on the most. I mean, this again, this has been Mishlei. I've been learning Mishlei now for 19, 20 years. Um, and uh, but obviously, there's a lot more work to go, and 
and you know, COVID. I think we all leveled up in premeditatio malorum with COVID, uh, and so I, uh, I, I, I purchased this coin as a reminder. Okay, second one. I'm going to talk about the least um, because uh, um, because I've talked about this the most <laughs> in recent times. Uh, the second coin is on one side. It says the obstacle is the way. Uh, and on the back, it says the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. Um, the clearest expression of this is uh, Marcus Aurelius in Meditations 520. The mind adapts and turns round any obstacle to action to serve its objective. A hindrance to a given work is turned to its furtherance. An obstacle is given a, uh, in a given path becomes an advance. Um, uh, I recently gave a shear uh, this week, actually, on Mishle 3.6, which is the Torah's version of this. Uh, in all of your ways, know him, know Hashem, you should know Hashem, and he will straighten your paths. And uh, in that shear, uh, I mentioned that the, you know, the, the, the Torah's approach is not just making an obstacle into the way, but making the obstacle into a way to knowledge of Hashem. Um, I will link uh, the episodes uh, below. And then I, one I, I must have quoted this early on in the Stoju podcast is Pirkei Avos 2.4. Asei Rutsono Kirtonacha. Make his will like your will so that he will enact your will as if it were his will. Um, and that, I believe, expresses the same idea of, of Hashem's will is reality and uh, your will is often contrary to that. But if you, if you take what happens to you and you, you, you make God's will, meaning what reality is, if you make that your will, then you'll find that, that, uh, that God will do what you want uh, by definition. Um, because your will is his will. Um, okay. So that is the second coin. Again, I've given, I've made episodes about that. The third coin I also recently made an episode about, I'm not going to dwell on it. Memento Mori is on one side, uh, and, uh, and on the other side, which means remember death, remember mortality, uh, remember your death. And on the back it says you could leave life right now. And, um, and that's from Marcus Aurelius Meditations 2.11. You may leave this life at any moment. Have this possibility in your mind in all that you do or say or think. Uh, I spoke about that at length on that episode. Uh, I also quoted in that episode, Kohelis uh, 7.2, Tovla lechas al beis evil, mi lechas al beis mishte. Better to go to a house of mourning than a house of feasting. Ba'asher husov kol ha'adam yiten alibo. In that it is the end of every man and the living will take it to heart. Um, a statement of Chazal in Pirkei Avos. Uh, 3 1. Know from where you came. Uh, and where you are going. And know before whom you will give uh, a reckoning, essentially. Um, where did you come from? From a putrid drop. Where are you going? to a place of dust, maggots, and worms. Uh, that's the death part. And before whom will you give a reckoning in judgment? Before uh, the king, the king of kings, HaKadosh Baruch Okay, so again, talked about that at length. Basic Stoic principle. Remember that you're going to die. Don't need to talk about that here. So these are the three coins. And what I've been doing uh, when I can is I keep premeditatium malorum in my left pocket. Um, because like I said, that's the one that I feel like I have, uh, uh, made the most progress in. Um, and, uh, and then, um, the obstacle is the way I've been keeping in my right pocket because that's something that I am actively working on. And then the memento mori, I keep in my, 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 you call it breast pocket, chest pocket, the one on, uh, over your heart. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, that one I, um, I keep there because, um, I, uh, I, 
think it is the one most associated with the heartbeat. Uh, and feeling its weight on my chest, it's interesting because when, when a coin is in your pocket, you don't feel it as well. Um, and, uh, or you don't feel it as readily, but if it's on your chest and it's constantly beating against it, then, uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a presence. Pardon my, uh, reach. Hold on just a second. I'm just checking a cake I'm baking. Okay. It's a few more minutes. Okay. Hopefully I don't forget it. Um, all right. So there is a fourth coin though. Okay. The fourth coin is the one that I am not buying. Okay. And the fourth coin says on the front, Amor Fati, which means love your fate. And on the back, it says not merely to bear what is necessary, but to love it. Okay. Now that's something that, um, uh, that, uh, I, when I saw it, I assumed that it was a, um, I assumed it was a stoic statement, you know, from one of the stoic writers turns out it's from Nietzsche and, uh, Nietzsche says not merely bear what is necessary, still less conceal it, but love it. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, hold on a second. Um, I have to, I forgot to look up one puzzle. So this is the idea. This is a further development of the obstacle is the way. And in fact, if you want to think about, if you want to think about it in, uh, in, in three stages. So first stage is premeditatio malorum is recognizing that stuff can happen to me. That is, that is bad. Okay. It's you it literally says malorum in the thing. Okay. Um, and, uh, and that's the first step of recognizing that things can happen that are bad to you that you can't control. Second step is to take those is the obstacle is the way is to take those things and use them to advance your action. Okay. Whether in a stoic sense of towards your own values or in the Torah sense towards the DSHM towards knowledge of God. But then the third way, see, but that way you can, you know, a per, person can still feel like it's a Betty Ebbett, like it's a, it's non-ideal, you know, like I would have wanted to do this, but something else happened and I'm going to make the best of it. Okay. But there's a third level, which is where you are so attuned to making the best of it and making the obstacle in the way and so accepting of the reality of Hashem's will that you actually love whatever happens to you. Um, and the statement of Chazal that expresses this, they actually express this in those terms. Tanur uh, Rabbanon, this is in Talmud Bavli, Shabbos, Daf, Peiches, Amud Beis. Aluvin ve'inan olvin, people who are insulted but do not insult back. Shomein cherpasam ve'inan meshivin, they they hear their disgrace but they don't retort. Osin me'ava, they do out of they act out of love. Usmechin biyisurin, and they rejoice in afflictions. Alehen akasav omer, regarding them, the pasuk says ve'ohavav kates Hashem shpik vuraso, the ones who love Him, who love Hashem are like the sun that emerges in its might. So again, like with the obstacles, the way it puts it in terms of not not love of fate, but love of Hashem, love of Hashem's will um, in this case. So, um, and in Mishle, you know, I think the uh, Apostle in Mishle that expresses this is um, uh, in Mishle 3.12, Ki es asher yehav ar Hashem yochiach uh, the one whom Hashem loves, he rebukes, and l- like a father, uh, 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 appeases uh, or favors his son. He favors, uh, sorry, and like a father who uh, favors his son. Um, I don't have time to go into that idea right now, but the idea is when you relate to things that happen to you as the rebuke of a loving father, uh, then it changes the way you view it and you view it as an expression of love. So the reason why I didn't buy that coin is I need to work on the other three first. I uh, premeditated Melora, I've been working on for a while. Um, the obstacle is the way. Um, uh, is uh, is what I'm working on right now. Um, Memento Mori, I'm going to be working on my whole life, however long that is. Uh, and that's not really part of the, the stage of three. And Amor Fati, I have definitely achieved from time to time, uh, but it's very hard. I mean, the most recent example, I guess, was... Uh, was the closure of my uh, of, of Shalhevet, you know, uh, uh, in in uh, in 2020, <clears throat> and um, 
that looked like it was going to be very bad. Uh, and as the year went on and, uh, and I, uh, I, I grew to love the position that I'm in now, uh, you know, there were challenges with that also, but it's much easier said than done. And, uh, and you, and, and it must have, it must be built upon the obstacles the way you can't just do this, uh, uh, out of the blue. So that is the medallion experiment. Uh, for this one, I have not set a timetable, actually. Usually I do set timetables. Um, I guess I'm just going to be <clears throat> doing this until I uh, I forget it. I, I don't know. I haven't set a timetable, so we'll see how it goes. I've been doing it since I got back to New York, though, so maybe uh, I'll assess when I, when I leave next week. Uh, that is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah content fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at, at rabbishnewis at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.